Hi, you're listening to An Open Dialogue. I'm Violin Howe. And I'm Todra Candle. And this week we are going to be talking about something that we are definitely not experts on. We are talking about self-care. Why it's so hard to do and what we can all try to do to be a little bit better at it. Uh, And this is important. We specifically looked at this topic going into the holidays because I think that women who are good at self-care sometimes forget it during the weeks between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And those of us who maybe aren't so good at it year round, we get worse at it. Exactly. (laughs) And I will say we're going to discuss this mainly from a a female point of view because we're females. So I think we have a better understanding (laughs) than we would have been. Uh, We are not saying that men don't ever struggle with self-care, but we are saying that for our purposes, we're discussing women self-care. So yes. go find yes. a man podcast to discuss <laughs> self-care if that's something you need to discuss. Because um, we girls, we don't talk about girls. Um, how would you define self-care? I think self-care is um, looking after your own needs and recognizing when you need to take a step back and prioritize your own health and well-being. And, and I, like, even with you saying that, that we need to take a step back and do it, we really should be doing it all along. We should shouldn't be. even be yes, doing something true. that when it gets too much, we take a step back. And I think that's what a lot of us do is when we get completely overwhelmed, then we take a step back and go, oh, I need to do something to take care of myself. And, mm-hmm. and really with self-care, it should be something that we're doing daily. So it makes sense. It makes sense that we would need to take care of ourselves in order to take care of others. It makes sense that you put the oxygen mask on your face first before you put it, you know, on on other people. Because if you can't breathe, whether or not your children have oxygen, you're not going to be able to help them. Um, So it really makes sense that you would need to have your vessel full before you could pour out and and help other people. So why is that so difficult to do? I don't know. You know, that that, that brought up two things. First of all, I I thought of the the oxygen mask um, analogy this morning when I was thinking about this as I was making breakfast for everybody and, you know, doing all the stuff I do in the morning while everybody else is still sleeping or or getting themselves ready for the day. And, And I thought about that and I thought it would be interesting to do a study that in situations where people actually literally do have to put on oxygen masks, how many men do that as instructed and how many women think I can hold my breath a little bit longer. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like I'm sitting here thinking about that as you're talking. I don't know if I was truly in a situation where let's say that I was sitting, you know, between my husband and my children Mm -hmm. uh, and my children quote, I have quotes around that now because they're 20, but you know, they're my kids. Um, I don't know that I would be able to put mine on first and then put theirs on like if they were younger obviously at 20 i'm hoping to dear god they can put on their own (laughs) oxygen mask but like if i had little kids i think i would really struggle with that directive i think that i I would be like oh my gosh i have to protect my babies i have to put theirs on Mm -hmm. first and then take care of me i'm like you i can hold my breath long enough and i think that's 10 more seconds that's what we do in life it is i think that's what we do in daily life it did it is and the second thing i thought it was actually a meme that i saw i believe yesterday and and you know i should have saved it or something, but I didn't. It's a podcast. Nobody would podcast. Nobody But I but I could have posted it. it and then directed people toward our podcast. Oh, that's true. That's um, true. But it said something about, 
you have to make sure your vessel is full and that you are feeding people out of the overflow of your vessel. And I wow. had a knee-jerk reaction to my overflow. Well, no, I should be giving them from what's the, the you know, I'm thinking of like the, the, the perfume or the oil or the wine or whatever that's deep within the vessel and is protecting whatever. I'm like, oh, they don't want my nasty overflow. They want the stuff that's, that's good and in there. But that's a very good point that, that we should be, um, and, and my husband, we had a conversation this morning and my husband, you know, I kind of told him what we were going to be talking about. And so I know we said this is only the female perspective and this is the, the, the input of one male um, who was surrounded by women. Um, but he said, he said, well, you know, I think it's a balance. And I think you see people go one way or the other. And a lot of times if people, and I think this is particularly women, if we go one way too far where we are not practicing any self-care, sometimes it's very easy to justify swinging way the other way and saying, screw you, you're right. on your own. Right. I think that's why you see sometimes mothers and wives, uh, they go on strike because they are just done. Well, I think, I, I think that we are brought up like to take care of others. Mm -hmm. I think um, especially those, and I would be interested to hear from people who don't have a religious background, because I definitely think in a religious background, it's so drilled into us not to be selfish, not to be self-centered, not to be focused on yourself, to be helping others, to be doing for others. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we almost warp that into it's a bad thing if I look after myself. It's a bad thing if I take care of myself. It's a bad thing if I put myself first. And so I think it's really hard. It, it, there's kind of a blurred line between not being self-centered and, and not being me, 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 focusing on others. But at the same time, you have to take care of yourself. So I think that like we tend to I know I am the last person in my family to go to the doctor. If my husband's mm -hmm. sick or my kids are sick, then yes, they definitely need to go to the doctor. I cannot tell you the last time I went to the doctor. Like, it's just not something I do. I'm the last person in the family to take medicine. Mm -hmm. um, for for many years, I, I existed on as little sleep as possible so that everything could get done once, you know, once the kids were in bed. And so I think that we tend to put everybody else first and meet everybody else's needs, whether that be work, whether that be our kids, whether that be our husband, whether that be our friends, whether that be our church, like we go and go and go and go and go. And we feel like it's selfish to take care of ourselves. We feel like it's selfish to take time for ourselves. We feel like it's selfish to spend money on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We feel, feel like it's, you know, selfish to take care of ourselves. And I, I don't have the answer. Like I, yeah. I open that up, but I don't have the ready answer for you of how we break that mindset or how we learn the difference between being selfish and being realistic about giving yourself what you need physically, emotionally, and mentally. Exactly. And I think we, we are, it's not practicing self-care is oftentimes um, a choice that's validated by um, our families, by society, by religion, as you pointed out. Um, because, you know, I, I see it. I see, you know, my husband said this morning, well, he said, you know, you never eat until the rest of us are served. You serve everybody else. When I, when I, when we don't have a meal that, that, you know, sometimes I'll plate the food and put it down and, and depending on what it is. And he said, you serve the children first and then you serve me. And then what's left is what you eat. And he has over, he realized, you know, he's realized that over the last years. And he said, 
you know, he's become more um, vocal about saying, you make sure you have enough too. Um, and- well, I think that's something that like, I, I, when you say that, I'm, I'm aware that I always, you know, I was always yeah. the last person at the table. Right. And they used to really make me mad if they started eating before I got oh, to the table. Yeah. But um, I remember, like, my grandmother was always the last person. My grandmother yep. stood. My grandmother never sat. If everybody was at her house for dinner, she stood. And that way, if somebody needed something, she could get it or she would be available. Or if there wasn't a seat, she stood. I think women, um, we take the ugly egg. You know, mm-hmm. I we take the pancake that didn't yeah. go so well or whatever. And, and part of that is being loving and, 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 you know, seeing to your family's needs. But like, at what point is it okay to take care of yourself as well? I'm not saying that, you know, give somebody else the burnt egg, No. <laughs> but I'm saying like, why do we, why do we, I, I don't know. Why do we automatically assume that, you know, we'll, we'll take less than. And we'll I think you, you just, you just made a good point when you talked about your grandmother. And I, this morning examined this and thought about the fact that my, both of my grandmothers were very much they were the last people. I never saw them take care of themselves. Not really. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really remember that. My mother also was, um, my mother was fairly good at taking care of herself. Um, but there was definitely, uh, I was thinking of a specific uh, thing that, that whenever we had parties, and my parents entertained a lot when I was growing up, and subsequently so did I when we were first married. Um, and my mother would have this martyred, mentality when she threw a party you know like she would do everything nobody could help her because if we did it we weren't doing it the right way and she would just be so miserable that it, I hated by the time I got to be a preteen I hated when they were having a party because my mother was just miserable by it and I remember when I was probably about seven eight nine years married and had two to three children at that point probably that I was replicating that that whole thing and and um, I don't know whether it was one of my kids or Clint who said to me you know why why are we doing this if it makes you so unhappy and I thought no I love to entertain and and it hit me that I was modeling for them the same thing that my mother had modeled for me and now we have I and I was very intentional about doing that and for me that was taking care of me by saying yes I need help and that has made uh, you know that has made a big difference and so I'm very aware of not modeling for my children unhealthy specifically for my daughters unhealthy self-care practices and i will also say that uh, it's it's been very gratifying that my daughters in particular are the ones who call me on things and say we have a better time when you are taking care of yourself too right and so that's been a, a, a huge a huge plus about having daughters that i never really thought about that they are the ones going no 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 we want you to take the bigger piece of meat because it will make us happier. Well, you hit on something that I think is a huge um, issue for a lot of moms and for a lot of wives. Um, and it's something that I'm aware that I do. And I, I, I try not to do it. And I'm more successful at sometimes than others. That whole martyr syndrome um, with no one else is going to do it the way I want it done Mm -hmm. or nobody else is going to do it as well as I do it. So I might as well do it myself. And I think that we're doing ourselves a disservice by doing that because then we're taking on all the work, but we're also doing those around us a disservice because we, you know, it, it's healthy to help others. And so we're depriving them of being able to help us, but we're also 
creating, I know in my household with, with raising two sons, we're creating men who are going to be horrible partners. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and we also, in doing that, sometimes we create partners who don't do anything around the house, not because they don't want to help, but because they've been barked at or criticized or told that ha- what they're doing is not good enough. And I think that's really hard. Like I, um, when the boys were younger and they had, you know, chores and I actually like wrote out on note cards, this is all the steps of dusting the living room. This is all the steps of dusting the bathroom. Like, you know, you need to go through the steps. And it was very hard for me if the bathroom wasn't Mm-hmm. done to, you know, to my standards. And I think sometimes we step in and do it ourselves because it's much easier. And in doing that, we're robbing them of a lesson. We're robbing them of being able to help. We're robbing them of contributing. And we're also not teaching them self-sufficiency. Like in our need to have it cooked exactly like we want it, we don't let them experiment with cooking. Or in our, mm-hmm. you know, if I, I can remember and my aunt actually has done this to me too. And I absolutely love and adore my aunt. But I remember um, her husband telling me that he doesn't do anything in her house because he can't do it the way she wants it done. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, I think that's something that we need to be conscious of is that we need to not be so strict in our standards and requirements of how it gets done that we deny somebody else the right, the, the ability to do it and then run ourselves ragged because we're trying to do it all and we feel overworked and underappreciated when it's really that we're not allowing other people to help or we're not making them feel okay helping. And, and you bring up a good point because part of the martyr syndrome and the, the I'm going to run myself ragged and whatever, there is a pride in that. There is a pride in the women who say, oh, well, I do everything. I got two hours. You know, I, I was actually talking to friends this morning and I said, I have been up until two and writing every day this week and I have been... Um, then I get up again at seven. So I'm getting about five hours of sleep a night. And that's not, that's not typical to, for me anymore. Um, but there is this, this idea of, well, look at, look at how little sleep I can exist on. And when did that become a badge of honor? Because I think we need to change that now. <laughs> because I think it ties in with what we discussed um, uh, last week you know, strong yes. women. Yeah. Like we, we have this viewpoint of, in, the, I need to do it all. Mm-hmm. I need to manage it all. I need to be doing, I need to be volunteering at the church. I need to be volunteering at the school. I need to be, you know, doing everything with my children. I need to have the, my house needs to be spick and span. I need to have all my laundry folded perfectly. I need to be doing yoga. I need to be working. Like we, we try to do it all and, and wear that like a badge of honor of how much we're doing or how busy we are. And, mm-hmm. and what we're really doing is one, depleting ourselves and running ourselves down. And two, we're making the other people in our household feel like they're unable to contribute. Exactly, so. exactly. And, and how do we look at women who are good at self-care? That becomes the flip side of that. Do we look at them as being somewhat less? Do you, you know, do you have friends who are actually- That they're indulgent? Yeah, that, that, that they, <laughs> and maybe it's because we are envious of their ability to take the time and say, uh, you know, um, to say, I need this. And so our knee-jerk reaction is to say, well, they cannot be doing blah, blah, blah. They can't be. They're not even doing we, as much as I'm exactly. doing. Or we don't, we, we, we might not say this <laughs> they're out loud. They're not as loud. busy as I am. <laughs> they, we, not, not, we might not say it out loud, but we might be thinking to ourselves, well, they're not as good a mother as I am, or they're not as good a wife as I am, or, or something like that. Um, you well, know. and I think that, you know, with self-care, like obviously for some people, um, you know, that may be 
getting a massage once a month or going and getting their nails done or going and, and, you know, doing things. But it can be very simple things like, you know, the act of shutting the bathroom door and taking a bath Mm -hmm. when your parent, when your children are safe, of course, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, shutting the bathroom door and taking a bath so that you have just a few moments of relaxation to kind of, you know, let it all down or, or doing meditation or doing, um, you know, reading a book, you know, taking some time to, to sit and read and not, not be consumed with everything that needs to be done. So I think there's very simple things that we can do for self-care. But again, you feel guilty. If I sit down and read a book, which I absolutely love to do, I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's things that need to be done because there are always things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. And I feel guilty. If I sit down and, and look at a magazine, I feel guilty. I, you know, and so, so I don't know, how do we, how do we cross that line between like, it's okay to do things for me. It's okay to take time for myself. It's okay to, you know, spend money on me or it's not. And when I say that, like, obviously, you know, people have budgets or people have, you know, I'm I'm not saying take the the grocery money or the money (laughs) for the electric bill and go get a massage. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that, you know, how do we, how do we find that line where it's okay to be a little bit indulgent well, and, it and can to kind of be, give yourself time and give yourself care. It can even be when you're at the, you know, if, if, because I am on a perpetually, you know, tight budget, but it can even be at the grocery store. Do you get the, the flavored coffee that you like? Do right. you get the, right. the, I don't know, whatever else it is that has a choice. You know, in my family, I, I'm part of a family of kind of opinionated people. So coffee is a big thing. And, you know, there's, there's the, those who love this time of year, they are loving the pumpkin spice. And then there's others who hate the pumpkin spice. And so here I am at the grocery store going, well, I need to get hazelnut for this one and pumpkin spice for this one, whatever. Right. Well, I just drink whatever's there. I'm, I'm like, right. you know what? As long right. as it's hot and it's caffeinated, I don't really care. Um, but where do I then say, this is important to me. And for me, it's been little things like, I will spend $3 a week on my um, La Croix, La Croix, La Croix, however, I, I, however I can, the hell I can be it. American and say it's La Croix, <laughs> or I can, I can give a nod to my, my friend Anne-Marie and say La Croix, and she says it so nicely when she's here. Uh, but, but that's it. I drink that, and, and also, I'm not giving up my wine and beer, <laughs> you know, that's right, even if right. it's the cheap stuff. Well, I think for everybody, it's different. You yeah. know, I think that there's different things that I think for some people, they need um, a little bit of time alone, Yes, you know, just a little bit of me time. For some people, maybe they need time, um, you know, out with their friends to, to have like a, a moment where you're not a wife, you're not a, well, obviously you're still a wife. <laughs> what I'm saying Well, is, I think that's a whole different podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, no, but what I'm saying is like where you can be yourself and, and not be in that role of mothering someone or, or, you know, meeting someone's needs, you know, it's, it's nice to get out and have girl conversation or have, you know, have time. So for different people, I think for some people, it may be that they need, they need, um, maybe they need to be eating better. Right. Or maybe they need to put time to exercise. I am horrible as, as anybody that sees me in person knows I'm horrible with exercise. Like I, I get up in the morning and I'm like, okay, well let me get this and this and this done and then I'll exercise or let me, you know, take care of this first and then I'll exercise. And I put that last and I'm, I'm, I'm bad about that because I know that I need to take care of myself. 
I need to take care of my body. I need to lose weight. I need to be eating healthier and I need to be exercising and moving so that, you know, I can hopefully stay on the earth a long time. And for some reason, I just always am like, well, let me answer these emails first mm -hmm. or let me get, you know, this done first. And, and I push it to the side. So I would ask our listeners, like, what is it that you push aside and, and let other things come ahead of that you could be doing to take care of yourself? I mean, I think, what do you think is the thing that you push aside most? Would you say sleep right now is what you push aside the um, most? Right at this very moment, because I'm at the end of, of finishing a book. Yes, yeah, sleep. Um, aside from that, I think it, it usually is eating. Um, my husband laughs. It's, you know, it's a family joke that, that I will get to a certain point in the day and say, well, wait, this is probably not a surprise to you, is it? <laughs> I, will, I will push aside. Not a surprise at all. I actually was like chewing on my tongue not to say anything because I, I, I am right there with your family and going like, hey, hey. Can we please stop at the eat? Sonic? No. Yeah. Is there, uh, are we going to eat at any point in time today? Whereas I, I'm the opposite that I eat too much and too often. And that's, you know, that's not self-care either. So. I will even, and, and this is something else that my family asked about, I will get to sometimes a point in the day and be like, oh, you know, I haven't gone to the bathroom. I haven't, I haven't like, because, and, and in my family, I'm used to, I have a large family. And even though there's only four of us actively living under the roof right now, um, there's, there's two bathrooms and um, it's, it's, they seem to be constantly occupied by other people. So if it gets to a point where it's like, oh, okay, well, I woke up this morning, the bathrooms are already occupied. It might get, you know, five or six hours. Sometimes oh my God, longer. that is so not good for your bladder. No, it's not good. You're absolutely <laughs> right. It, it is absolutely not good. But sometimes it's just like, it's you the know, reality it's, of the it is the reality of it. It's the same thing. Like I would love, I had a, um, at the house we first lived in, in, in Florida, I had a huge garden tub that I adored and I took baths all the time and I was so good at taking care of me back then. Um, and, but now uh, the bathroom that is our ensuite does not have, it only has, it has a lovely shower, but it's not a bathtub. Um, my kids have the bathtub and it's really, you have to make a reservation a week in advance to get in there. Right. So, you know, I'll be like, oh my gosh, the kids are gone. I can take a bath. Um, and I actually have a little basket that I carry in there that has all my self-care stuff so I can actually do that. And I am um, a little crazy when we check into hotels. It seems like I've had the curse of uh, a lot of hotels anymore don't have bathtubs. They only have right. showers. And so I will say, no, no, no. I want the one with the bathtub. And they'll say, but it has, I don't care. That's what I want. Give me the bathtub because I want a bathtub for myself. So that is, that is uh, kind of one of the things that, that I think I, I struggle with. Um, I, was, I was thinking this morning about the fact that I had the, an extreme year of non-self-care um, during the year between uh, my mom and dad passed away 51 weeks apart from each other uh, when they were 63. And I, um, the, the four months leading up to my dad's death were uh, roller coasters of hospital stays and, and so on and ending in one month that was just horrific. Um, and then we had about a two-week break and then my mother got sick and was diagnosed and, and ended up dying. But I took the brunt of the care of her and that's a whole other topic about the fact that sometimes people do choose self-care over other things and maybe it's not always a good thing. <laughs> but um, I, I had a year of, of not taking care of myself at all. My husband had moved to Florida already. Um, he, he, had, he had taken a job. My kids were between the ages of uh, almost six and almost 18. 
And we also had the care full-time of my goddaughter. So I had a, a almost two-year-old uh, all the, the, that time too. Um, and I, I just had a, a year of, I didn't do a blessed thing for me at all ever. And it got to the point where my body shut down afterwards and said, if you're not going to take care of me, I'm, gonna, I'm not going yeah. to perform for yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, right. which then that, that slides into how I discovered Twilight, which we already talked about. So, but so, you know, sometimes right. a good thing can come out of it. But it is true that if we do not make it a priority to take care of ourselves to some extent, and you can start small, you can start by saying, I'm going to take a bath. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to take an hour in the bathtub once a month. Um, it will, it will, it's going to show, it's going to come out somewhere. It might come out with us going absolutely apeshit crazy on people we love and, and just exploding. Right. Not that right. I have any personal experience with that at all. <laughs> um, it, it might come out in a lot of other things. It might come out in feeling very sorry for ourselves. Um, and I think that's depression. a woman thing. Depression. Yeah, depression. And, and yeah. I feel like, um, I, I want to say too, that we recognize that if you are a mom at home with young children or you're a person mm. who is, you know, juggling a, a full-time job and your family and all those commitments or you're a person who um, is a caregiver, mm -hmm. you know, that maybe you have a parent who's ill or you have a child who has special needs and you're a caregiver what we're talking about is extremely hard. It's not yes. just a matter of going like, oh, I'm going to take a bath once yes. a month and I'm going to be fine. Like no. we get that. We're yeah. not being insensitive to the fact that some people's lives are just um, in a place where it's crazy. But I think it's very important to figure out something that you can do that that makes yourself um, feel good, that makes yourself happy, that makes you feel fulfilled. And it doesn't have to be something that costs a lot of money. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, is a is a big, huge effort. But kind of figure out, like, what is it you can do? What makes you feel really happy? What right. makes you feel better at the end of doing it? You know, is that... Um, is that yoga? Is that meditation? Is that reading a book? Is that having a salad? Is that like, you know what right. I mean? Like, what is that? Um, is it talking to a friend? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, going to see a movie? Is it watching you know, the show gardening? you want to watch for yeah. half an hour yeah. with nobody you know? disturbing you? Um, yeah. is it having a flavor of ice cream that mm -hmm. you really like and you don't normally eat? Like, you know, figure out something. What is it that you can do to kind of minister to yourself or care yeah. for yourself. Look at yourself as if this was your best friend and your best friend was tired and run down and, and needed something, you know, what, what would you suggest that she do or what would you do for her? And I think especially leading into the holidays, mm. like at the holidays, we tend to make it all about everybody else. Um, we're trying to run around and make sure we get everybody's Christmas gifts and make sure we get everything wrapped. And I know, and again, I'm not trying to stereotype, but traditionally it tends to be the woman in the family who's doing all the gift shopping and all the wrapping and all the, you know, the holiday preparations and the itinerary for where we're going, family here, family there, and holiday meals and everything else kind of falls on us. And, um, you know, what can you do going into this holiday season? Is there something you can say no to without it starting you know, family World War Three. is there, are there engagements you can say no to? Is there something that you can go and buy the cookies at Publix rather than busting your ass to make some special dessert that you saw on Pinterest? Is there, um, is there something simpler that you could do? Is there something you could do to simplify your holidays? 
Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And didn't you have a list for us as far as uh, I do have a list? Um, I yeah. had Googled because obviously I've already said I'm not an expert at this, <laughs> so I don't have a ready-made list of here's what I do because I suck at it. But um, this is a list from I believe it's pronounced Gaiam. I could be completely wrong. G A I A M. They make my yoga mat that I've been trying really <laughs> hard to use more often lately. Um, number one would be, um, and and I like the way they word this too. Let me back myself up. It says to be your most authentic self, you need to incorporate self-care into your daily life. Self-care anchors you in kindness and love, even amid a whirlwind of stress or trauma. Um, they define self-care as being aware of a wide range of needs and deliberately taking action to support our own well-being. And then they call it that self-care is practicing kindness towards ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think if we look at how much we try to do for others and how much we try to take care of others and we try to practice kindness towards others and we have to practice kindness towards ourselves. So number one is to nourish yourself. Um, Choose bodies, choose foods for your body that are nourishing. Choose foods for your body that are healthy, that will be good fuel for your body and make your body feel better. Yoga is one of the things they recommend, obviously. Um, Yoga class says it realigns your attention, connects you with your breath and your body. Um, And I've I've read a lot about the health benefits of yoga. Mm -hmm. And it's something that for me is very calming, except when I'm doing it with three dogs trying to climb all over the mat, (laughs) not calming at all. Um, Take a bath. We've We've both kind of mentioned that. Bath is something that I used to be much better at doing regularly, and I love it. Like, it's just kind of, it is, it's, you're by yourself. You can meditate. You can read. You can just lay there. Like, it's very relaxing. You can use aromatherapy with different types of smells, and, you know, you can put lotions on when you get, it's just, it's a very pampering thing to just take a bath sometimes. Yes, and I, and I have always found that when I get in the bath, I'm, I'm amazed each and every time of the water is just, it's my thing. I think I must yes. be a water person and that's not yes. a surprise. Water soothes the yes. soul. And I think yes. that that's true. So, yeah. Um, the next thing it says is to celebrate small changes. Like we all kind of focus on the big goals in our life or the big milestones in my life, but allow yourself to celebrate. Like if you, if you knocked off things on your to-do list today, like allow yourself to celebrate that and feel good about that. If you made it under budget this week, allow yourself to feel good about that. If you were able to be there for a friend who needed you, allow yourself to like kind of celebrate small things, celebrate small things that happen. If you, if you exercised, you know, three times this week, even if, even if the scale didn't budge, but you made the commitment to get out there and move and and be healthier, then celebrate that. Like allow yourself to, rather than beating yourself up, celebrate. Um, The next one, I, I think we both laughed at when I was first reading this list to you, get 10 hours of sleep. (laughs) I'm going to laugh again. I (laughs) cannot tell you the last time I got 10 hours of sleep. I don't know any woman in my circle that gets 10 hours of sleep. I would love to hear from you if you get 10 hours of sleep yeah. and, and know how to do that. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't happen. I'm yeah. good to get seven. If I get seven, I feel like, woo, cat, well-rested. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's interesting. It says, imagine if you slept for 10 hours every night this week. I can imagine it. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. <laughs> There's Watch too out much world. to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, take a walk outside. I do know that's really good. Sometimes just getting outside and taking a walk can completely kind of reset you. Mm -hmm. It can kind of, you know, calm you down, get you thinking about something else, 
Um, sometimes if I'm really having a hard time with a scene that I'm writing, if I get outside and take a walk, I can kind of like clear my head mm -hmm. and, and come back in with a fresh perspective. And I know if you're like really pissed off at somebody taking a walk, <laughs> sometimes can help calm that down. Um, take a personal day. And it's interesting. It says your company gives you personal days for a reason. So next time you need a break, ask for one. Proactively honoring your needs keeps you from getting sick or burned out. Um, I think I always took personal days like in order to take care of stuff, in order mm -hmm. to do, you know, business or appointments or dentist appointments or take the kids somewhere. But um, we had friends who would take what they called mental health days. Mm -hmm. And the entire family would take the day off. The kids would miss school if they didn't have, you know, tests or huge assignments. And the parents would take off work. And they would go, like, to a park or they would go to the beach or they would do something. And they called it Mental Health Day. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's, that's sometimes personal. Just, I mean, it's important just to sometimes take that day for yourself. Mm -hmm. Of course, Absolutely. some of us don't work at a company that gives us personal days. <laughs> We're either self-employed or full-time moms. So <laughs> um, write a gratitude list. This is something that is so simple and yet so powerful. If you make a habit of every morning or every night, like first thing when you wake up or, or last thing before you go to sleep, if you make a habit of just writing down, you can even write down what are three things I'm thankful for this day. And um, it's, it's really funny how it, how it does change your perspective. If you keep doing it, then you find that throughout the day, you're looking for things to be grateful for. And even in the midst of everything going chaotic, there are things to be grateful for. And um, some days it's harder to find those three <laughs> maybe than others, but um, that's something, a gratitude list is something that is self-care because it kind of reminds you of those small things to celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, oh, this is one I have a hard time with. Let go of unwanted things. Shedding clutter, clothes, kitchenware, books, furniture, free things to focus on what brings you joy. Definitely. I pick up stuff and go, oh, but my aunt gave this to me or, oh, but we got this at, you know, when the whole family went to Savannah or, oh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I attach so much sentimental value to items that I don't use. There's, there's this ceramic heart that my father gave me years ago and it is. I hope to God my father's not listening to this. It's it's hideous. It's like this this white ceramic heart, and it has like gold scrolls around it and little gold stands or whatever. But it's got this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful saying about a daughter, and um, it's it's completely sentimental. It doesn't go in my house. It doesn't match anything I have. It's not my personal style. But the fact that it has this beautiful saying on it, it's not like my father wrote it. My father didn't write what's on there, <laughs> but he saw that and bought that for me. And so I have this emotional attachment to it of like, oh, I can't give that away. If I give that away, it would be a betrayal of my daddy's love. Like, I, you know what I mean? And um, he probably doesn't even, he may not even remember giving it to me. I guess he probably will if he listens to this podcast. <laughs> but I, um, I, it's funny. It's very hard to let go of unwanted things. And yet then we surround ourselves with so much clutter and so many things to dust mm -hmm. that we make our lives more difficult. It's true. Yeah. And, and it is very freeing. It's absolutely true. Uh, I did a... I, it, in preparation for a lot of stuff going on right now, I did a big, uh, I've been doing closet and cabinet cleaning and um, I got rid of a ton of shoes about two weeks ago. And these wow. were, you know, for me that the shoes were 
but what if I get an outfit? Right. And the, you know, and, and I, these will be the perfect these are going to be the perfect shoes. One of them was a pair of shoes that I bought <laughs> right after we moved to Florida, and um, my, my sister actually had gotten a pair in a different color, exactly the same, little heels, slides, almost like mules, and they had a. Um, uh, uh, rhinestone starfish in the middle of it and mine was this teal that went with a pair of white um, uh, cropped pants that I had at the time and a shirt now I don't have that stuff anymore I don't have those clothes <laughs> but I have kept those shoes because I thought you know and so I looked at them and I thought they 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 had reminded me of my mother at the time which is why I bought them and I thought you know what I I, I think I can live without these and and I did get rid of I mean just a ton I, I got rid of just, just a lot of, of them. And it is very freeing. It has, it makes me happy every time I go in my closet now. I'm like, look at that. I have space. Well, if it makes you happy and brings you joy, you're supposed to keep it. Okay. Well, it, it throw, giving it away gave me joy. Right. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, but that's what they say. Yes. They, they. The, the infamous, the all powerful, right. the all knowing, they say, if it gives you joy, then, then keep it, hang right. on to it. Don't get rid of it. But if it's not something that's bringing you joy or it's not something that is useful or not something, you know, that has a place in your current life, this may be something that you absolutely loved and was all the rage right. 10 years ago, but do you still need that lamp? Is that, is that lamp really still going with your current lifestyle or, or you know what, maybe you bought this juicer thinking that juicing was going to be the next big thing in your life and you just never really got around to be doing juicing well then get rid of it yeah. don't hang on to it because you feel guilty that you didn't juice right or don't hang on to it because you feel guilty that you know i i have this elaborate tupperware set for making cookies that's like the rolling pen <laughs> and the thing where yep. you roll out the pies and cookies and all this other stuff and I think we used it maybe once. I thought the kids and I were just going to go gangbusters and make cookies every year and give them away as great gifts. And they're both 20 and they're <laughs> boys and we don't, we're not making cookies, but that crap is still taking up space in my cabinet because it's a really nice set and I paid a lot of money for it and I can't just get rid of it. Yes. But actually you can, you can get rid of it because somebody else may actually get it and make cookies like gangbusters. Absolutely. And on the, on the flip side of that, something that I've learned over the past decade is, um, is, and this is this is an aspect of my self-care is using the things that you have thought I'm not going to use those I'm going to hold this until the right time and then the right yes. time will come and I will use it saving yes it. Um, saving it do you know when my grandmother died my aunt and I went and like we're cleaning out things in my grandmother's house she had an entire dresser drawer of these fancy beautiful gorgeous nightgowns and robes and things that she was saving yeah. for God only knows what we found so much stuff in her house that was still in the package still in the yeah. box because she was saving it yeah and like, why don't we use those things? Why don't we use the fancy lotion? Exactly. Why don't we burn the pretty candle? And why don't we eat on the fancy plates? Right. And that's, you know, that was something that after my mother died, because my mother in, in her house before the one she lived in died, she actually had a room that was, nobody was allowed to walk into it, except if I think you probably had to be a world leader or royalty <laughs> um, or, or I, have won a Nobel Peace right, Prize. Right. Yes. Oh, I'm not sure that would have made the cut. Um, <laughs> or it was Christmas time because they put the, the tree in there at Christmas. So, so those were the two years and it had a carpet that you could tell if somebody walked into it and she would vacuum it every week, backing out so that it was perfect. And if anybody stepped in there or did anything, you could tell. My, my older kids grew up calling it the no-no room. 
It, can you imagine <laughs> trying to keep toddlers? Because it was wide open. I mean, it was a, a big right, doorway. Right. It wasn't like it had a no. door. So my kids were told, you know, that was the no-no room and they were scared of it. Um, and, and I thought to myself, and then I, I, you know, I had, I'd inherited all these things from my mother and I thought, good Lord, she died and she didn't, she loved her china, but she didn't use it that often. So now we break out the china as often as we can. And we don't break it. Let me just clarify that because my mother will come down and, and, and beat me. <laughs> she'll, um, she'll return. Yeah, my right. mother was the kind who she would, like, when this china was used, if somebody said, oh, I'll clear the table, she'd be like, no, no, no. I'll clear the table. You know, she goes, <laughs> Again, yes. that goes right. back to that yes. you may break something or you may not right. do it right. So I'm going to do all the work myself. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. That's, that's well, the last good. thing on the list is another one that I suck at. It's meditation. Oh. And uh, it says that it returns you to the present moment, gives you the opportunity to find stillness and appreciation in any circumstance. I have tried. I've downloaded a couple of different apps. I've read books. I've done like the little, you know, meditation a day calendar thing. Y'all, I just suck at it. Like yeah. I, the my brain just... I can't get my brain to shut down. And I'm I'm skipping around all over the place the whole time. So that whole like stillness yeah I haven't found it yeah I haven't found it mm. I when I read Eat Pray Love by uh Elizabeth Gilbert and she was in India and, and kind of learning meditation and and talking about like you know hearing a mosquito and hearing some sound outside and looking up and the clock had only moved like 30 seconds or what like that's me yeah. I'm totally like oh how much longer how much longer am I meditating how much longer till the buzzer goes off so but I think that's the point is you have to find what works for you if it's going to cause you more you. stress then that's not really right. the point of it but yes right. like for me if i can go for a drive and blur my music and sing at the top of my lungs that is better than any if i do that for 15 minutes that's better than an hour of meditation for me so right. yeah right yeah so i don't know we would love to hear from you Definitely. on your um your thoughts on self-care your definition of self-care we'd love to hear from you ways that you incorporate self-care especially for the holidays if you have any healthy help helpful healthy i kind of combine those mm -hmm. words um tips for the holidays please email us at, at open dialogue one at gmail.com or you can reach out to either one of us on social media we are both on facebook twitter instagram todra candle violet howe um, and let us know. And we would just challenge you going into, this is, no, this is November 12th. So we've got, you know, probably what, about six weeks left in the year. Mm -hmm. Going into this big holiday season, we challenge you to practice self-care. That can be, you know, taking a bath, use the fancy lotion, um, give yourself the chocolate mint ice cream, <laughs> you know, like do something that is self-care and um, and and see what a difference it makes in being able to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. And then come back and tell us how it's made yes, a difference. Yes, we would love to yes, hear how that yes. works out. And if you got any great tips, we'd love to have Please. them because we need to do better. <laughs> so, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Yes, we really you. appreciate all of you. We love when we get messages we from do. you. We had um, um, a listener tell us last week that she loves listening because it feels like she's riding in the car and listening to her girlfriend's talk. And that's Awesome. That's what oh, yes. we would love for this to be. So let us know your feelings. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know you're listening. We like to know people are listening. True. And um, join us again next week. Sounds good. Bye. Bye-bye.